Okay. I say, I say we fucking do a podcast. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah. Oddity Files is part of the Just What I Needed network. And we hope we're just what you needed. Oddity Files. But you're listening to Oddity Files, the podcast. I'm Kitsy Duncan. And I'm Nick Floyd. And we are going to rock your socks this week. I hope so. Set all the intentions for <laughs> no bad juju during this podcast. So we're, we're going to do this, and it's going to be amazing. And if it's not, I'll just apologize now. <laughs> fair. That's, that seems like a fair thing. Yeah. Because we're podcasting on a Saturday afternoon when we're normally podcasting on a Tuesday evening. So I, the Cecil uh, Hotel documentary came out this week. Did mm-hmm. you happen to give any of it a gander? I feel like I watched everything but that. And, there, and I have a, I have my reasons. Uh, I have... I have my. I was talking to my sister about it because she called me and she's like, I'm so excited about the Cecil Hotel. And I told her that I've been obsessed with it for a long time. And I told her the thing that, that you brought up on the podcast when we covered it about the, the elevator game, putting the, the numbers in and opening it. And she had no idea. She was like, I don't know what that is. And so <laughs> she looked it up and it was so cool. And, and this was all before she had watched the documentary. And... I explained to her that like I've been so interested in the story for so long and all the conclusions have been those of my own. Um, and right. I kind of spoiled this for myself because I was like, I don't want to watch it if it's just going to tell me the same shit. And it's just like a clickbaity Netflix documentary because those do exist. But also yeah. how it was solved, I feel like would take some of the allure away from the paranormal aspects of the case. And I spoiled it and saw, and I was like, maybe I don't need to watch this right now to just hold on to it for a little bit longer. Um, So that's why I haven't watched it yet. I feel like it could have been two episodes. I didn't in in the conspiracy theories. I mean, they went through every single conspiracy theory, which was unnecessary. No, No, not at all. I did learn about the morbid conspiracy theory. Um, I guess it's this like Mexican metal, death metal rocker guy who like people thought had done it. Because he had released a song days after she died about murdering somebody. And he had a video on his YouTube page about staying at the Cecil Hotel. And they they go over all this and then they drop it. And then they go back in later and bring mayhem in. Guy's lovely. He's a lovely human being. (laughs) Um, And fucking web sleuths ruined his life sending him death threats and the spoiler alert fast forward about twice um he was at the cecil hotel exactly one year before she was there oh wild i feel like they should have just done it this was a good opportunity i think i mean here i am telling them how to do their fucking jobs um i just think that the cecil is such an interesting place um, a, a darkly interesting place that they, I know focusing on this was important, but they could have done like a 10 episode crime documentary 
kind of going through each case and even ones that have been have long since been solved and then maybe some that haven't i think that would have made for a more compelling story yes. um because mm-hmm. what is four episodes yeah four or five yeah way too many that's a lot to come to the conclusion of like I mean, I guess this, by the time this airs, it would have been out long enough to spoil it. But I guess it was like they deemed it as like she was depressed and committed suicide. And here's how she did it. Um, yes. So, again, spoiler alert. If you fast forward maybe four times this time, you won't be spoiled. But they always <laughs> said the police found the hatch closed. The police found the hatch closed. Right. Well, the maintenance guy was there before the police. And he found it open and shut it himself. So there it is, right there. Oh, so okay. Yeah. I again, it's like the the mystery. I, like I'm glad that it was solved because there is closure to this case that has long been long since been a thing. Um, but at the end, it, it feels like such a, a a little tiny detail that should have probably been mentioned in the years that yeah. it's been a mystery. Like, this shouldn't be a mystery. This should yeah. just be bad yeah. investigation. Like, where was the maintenance yeah. guy then? No. <laughs> well, apparently the news outlets picked it up and just went with what the police said as opposed to what said maintenance worker said. They didn't even ask the guy. Oh, yeah. what? He what, was on the show as well. He was wonderful. What great investigative journalism. And like, should we, uh, should we even look into even this? Does that even exist anymore? I, but like yeah. back then when this happened, I mean, I say back then, it wasn't that long ago, but it's like no. when this happened, it, it was an interesting enough story that maybe you'd have some young writer who was like, I'm going to do some digging. And they dug and found out the and solved the whole crime. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. So police all, the entire time knew. That it was solved. But oh, people like us reading shit on the internet. And people have made YouTube careers over this case and this case alone. Yeah. Okay, if people don't know anything about the Cecil Hotel, it's what American Horror Story Hotel was loosely based on. Because shit has gone down here over the years. Yeah. Um, the Night Stalker lived there. Another serial killer lived there from Austria. I learned a little bit more about him. He's... What a terrible, terrible human being. People have been murdered there. Lots of suicides. If I knew the episode number off the top of my head, I did it very early on in um, the podcast genre of Oddity Files. And I covered most of it. But it was just like, here, this happened and that happened and this happened and here's possible hauntings. Yeah. And then if if... This style documentary doesn't seem to trip anybody's trigger who may be listening right now. Again, I cannot recommend enough. Zach Baggins and the Ghost Adventures crew investigation over on Discovery Plus. It's a two-parter, and um, it was very well done. They got in a a little more into all the different terrible things that happened at the hotel as opposed to Elisa Lam, Elisa Lam, Elisa Lam. So there you have it. Interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm definitely not. Um, I, I'm glad I'm, I've I've held off on it because again, it, it. it's there. The story was like one small piece away from being solved since it was <clears throat> since it's been a story. So it's never been something yeah. that I was like, I need to find out the the how this ended, which I mean, guess makes me sound pretty twisted. But I, I know I'm not alone in that. 
multiple people watched the elevator footage. Multiple people watched, con- you know, conspiracy paranormal theories on YouTube. Uh, like you had said, all the people who had had careers basically out of this specific video. Yeah. But it's like, if you're going to tell a story, there's a way to do it that's super compelling, that feeds the, the, the accurate narrative, but also feeds the narrative that I guess earned this this story so much clout and kind of cemented it into this like paranormal pop culture conspiracy pop yeah. culture um and and cover all that stuff so there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it and um it sounds like they maybe didn't do it the best way no overall. i think they wanted to give all these youtubers a chance to be in their documentary is pretty much how it went down for me yeah <laughs> so it's just it's just them proving them wrong for four episodes. It's like, okay, and this YouTuber said this and they're wrong because this. Like, is that really what it is? No, they like they're like, here's all the possibilities of what might have happened for four episodes, and then the last one it's oh, everybody forgot to talk to this guy. Here's what really happened. So it is solved. Yeah. That's uh that's just wild. It's it's wild, but it also yeah. there's like a, such an interesting commentary on how one s- minor piece of evidence can completely change the narrative of of uh of a story it's insane and it wasn't like it was hidden if anybody done any <laughs> research whatsoever you know i mean granted i can't get that part of my life back all the thinking of oh what really happened you know right but, um I, I i would have that time back if somebody would have talked to this dude right. so yeah yeah and would but there you have the real question is too is would they have actually made this because it's it's called like crime true crime store or whatever there's like a sub it's a show name, so they plan, I guess, on making more of these. And then the subtitle of the show is that the story of Elisa Lim. And so it's like, were they ever going to hit the paranormal angle? Like, was that ever going to be a thing that they put out in the open? I highly for like doubt three it. minutes. Yeah, fuck that. They covered it for three minutes. Yeah, I was poor. Didn't even bring up the elevator game. They hinted towards it, but didn't even bring it up. Yeah. But I, I did find out she did not hit the numbers in the order of the elevator game. And another thing I found out is that footage, when it was given to the police by the hotel, and they actually get the, the manager of the hotel at the time on there as well, and I love that bitch. She's amazing. <laughs> um, but there's the footage has been cut out of that as well. And the police are like, well, it wasn't the hotel. It wasn't us. So maybe it was the news media where you got your footage. Just a lot of blowing smoke up somebody's skirt. That's no fun. No. I mean, yeah, I, I, guess, I guess it shouldn't be. I, I feel terrible for like using words like that for something that was clearly very serious, but it, this was such a staple of, conspiracy paranormal conspiracy for for years and years and years so mm-hmm. yeah i feel like it's a fluff piece to get people to watch netflix and still pay the ridiculously high prices there yeah. i said it yeah. <laughs> churning churning things out how quick can we churn it out let's do it i'm like okay 
Exactly. Exactly. I did um, watch a new paranormal show that's on Discovery Plus. It's called Fright Club, and they kind of go for that whole Fight Club thing, but they're like, you can talk about Fright Club. It's Jack Osborne. He is just cranking out the shows on Discovery. Wow. And the Ghost Brothers, who are some of the funniest fuckers I've ever met in my life. Love them to pieces. But it's that um, found footage. So it's, you know, people submit paranormal footage and they 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 they're like oh that's terrifying or there's a lot of those out right now and i i think we're good yeah. i don't think we need any more of those yeah but i mean discovery plus is they know what kind of genre need that they're filling and i feel like they're just from yeah. hearing it through you they, they're doing a pretty damn good job of it Anything new going on with you, Mr. Man? Uh, nothing new. Still chipping away at the at the short. Um, oh, good. Started uh, started writing a, a new project that I'm super, super, super excited about. That we, my writing partner and I, feel really good about. Um, so we're we're working on that. And then I've just been trying to catch up on. Um, I took a little break from movies after sun after the the binge fest that was Sundance. Um, but, uh, I, I watched, there was a documentary on HBO max that came out this weekend or this week called there's no I and threesome just in time for Valentine's day. And, nice. uh, I give it a shot. I, I highly recommend it. Don't read anything about it. Just watch okay. it. It is a very, very, very fascinating documentary that is not at all what you think it's going to be. Um, it's oh, wow. very cool. It's very, very cool. Um, so I watched that on, on Tuesday, and then last night I watched the new Kristen Wiig, uh, Barb and Star, Go to Visit Del Mar, is what it's called. I almost watched it, but I'm like, rent for $19. It Thank was, you, no. It was so much. Yeah, it was... That and the Nick, new Nick Cage movie came out, and they were both $20 rentals, and that's just so much money. Um but it was a toss-up, and I was like, "I'm gonna go Kristen Wiig," and it it might it's not for everybody. I'm not gonna recommend it to everybody, but I personally think it is the best comedy, one of the funny. I, I'd like pause it to to like wipe tears from my eyes and catch my breath because oh I was gosh. laughing so hard. It, it, I we watched the trailer because we thought we were gonna watch it um, because you know I didn't realize what was going on, and it looked funny. It looked very SNL. It's from the trailer. It's so weird. It's so delightfully weird. Uh, at one point, Kristen Wiig's character talks to a blue crab on the beach who has the voice of Morgan Freeman for like a full scene. Uh, <laughs> like, it's just no. It's there are like musical numbers that are that are just wacky. Jamie Dornan has one of like the funniest scenes, and it's a it's a random like greatest showman style pop musical number, and it's the most absurd thing. But I. I couldn't breathe. <laughs> I just couldn't. It's so funny. So highly recommend. I love it. I love that stuff. Yeah. Um, I did give episode one of Clarice a watch. Oh, it's not paranormal, but it's true crime. Um, and first of all, Mr. Cudlitz, God, I miss your fucking face. Oh. Second of all, I'm hooked. One episode in. At first, I was like. 
I don't know. This is certainly not my Jodie Foster, but she's got the accent down. Oh, she's, she's great. She's the teeniest, tiniest little woman I've ever seen in my life because I know how tall Cudlitz is, and she like comes up to his waist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. But it was so well done. So well done. I highly recommend it. Um, I'm Truth Seekers got dropped by Prime. Did you see that? What? Yep. Oh, God. I thought it was the, their show. Simon... Simon Peg. and Nick Frost. Nick Frost uh, on Instagram said Prime One will not be taking a season two. Oh, so it's still on, but they just aren't green lighting it for a second season. Correct. I thought they Correct. just like Sorry. Chappelle showed it and just whipped it off. I was like, wait, they they took it oh. off the 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 thing? What happened? <laughs> Sorry, I don't understand TV lingo. That's why I uh, have a show on YouTube. Um, <laughs> it's on Prime too. Get no, out of here. But I, uh, Nick is devastated, and it, it, I don't remember what his name was when I, on Instagram. But a, f- a friend of mine, Hollis, sent it over to me, and I was like, "Oh, poor baby." He's like, "I put my heart and soul into this," and I, and I'm like, "Oh, honey, I loved it." I loved it. So that's a shame. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like I feel like it's kind of unfair because Prime isn't really the uh, top numbers. I mean, they're not really coming in hot with these crazy numbers. Um, they're also not really promoting their shows at all. So I feel like no. it's it's like a double edged sword. It's like, oh, cool, we got picked up by Prime. Oh shit, we're no one cares. You know, <laughs> like literally, it's not like HBO Max or Netflix where they will promote the shows on, even if it's just on social media. Like HBO Max is in every feed I own at this point. Yep, pimping their stuff out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I was super disappointed about that. Hopefully, maybe some other streaming network will pick it up. <laughs> Just trying to stay hydrated over there, Nick. I, I, I was hoping that the camera wouldn't pick it up because I'm holding it in my hand, but my clear. digital background. Oh, there it is. <laughs> oh, Exclusive for the it. Patreoners. Exactly. But that we've got to come up with a name for it. It can't be like paranormal pop culture because that's Aaron Sager's thing. But um, paranormal... I don't know. Oh, let's, what? Let's all, think about all that. of our banter about strictly entertainment happenings that are related to what we yeah. talk about. <laughs> Literally, we need a name for it, and then I'll trademark it. Done. So I don't know how to do that. I'm just making it up. Um, but Paranormal Crossroads or X Roads, if you will, doing great. You guys are watching it. It's probably the most views in the least amount of time I've ever had on YouTube. So for that, I thank you guys. If you haven't seen it yet, head on over to tinyurl.com slash paranormal X road, R O A D and give it a a quick little watch. Well, about a 50 minute watch, (laughs) but last weekend, um, KJ and I went and did a follow-up investigation at my friend Tammy's house that I think we're going to go ahead and turn into another episode because people are digging it. That's amazing. Super excited. Keep, keep them going. I, the thing is, at the end of the day, you're going to probably have some new people pop on as well because everyone is hungry for, for entertainment, for content right now, so... Keep them yeah. coming. So I'm, I'm just going to keep doing it because I love it. If, if you guys don't love it, I don't care. 
Um, it's been <laughs> enlightening for me. We, I mean, this last investigation of a house I had pr- done a previous investigation at and got insane, like insane evidence. The evidence just backed it up again that it was insane, that this spirit is just ready to fucking fly, literally. Literally, and that's all I'm saying. You'll have to wait till it comes out. But watch all the socials for updates on that. You can find all the Oddity Files socials at flow.page slash Oddity Files. I think we should probably throw this over to... I asked you if you had anything to talk about, right? Yeah, no, just movies and uh, that's really it. Okay, that's good. That's good. That's what we talk about. That's what we do. Entertaining parent. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But you know who does have it figured out? Ms. Astrology. And she's going to tell you what you need to watch for this next week. Hey there, oddballs. It's Jess from Miss Fortune Astrology here with your weekly energy forecast. Everyone's favorite fucker Mercury mercifully spins direct at 7.52 p.m. on Saturday, February 20th. If it seems like I'm counting the minutes until that happens, that's because I am. I am a Mercury-ruled person. He's the most important planet in my chart, so these retrogrades kill me. In the past three weeks, I've lost power, heat, internet, my refrigerator broke, my glasses got destroyed, my vision insurance for replacing said glasses was rejected due to a computer glitch, and my almost three-year-old son nearly killed himself driving his toy car down a flight of stairs. I'm fucking capital D done with this transit. Keep in mind, though, that just because he's spinning direct doesn't mean we're totally in the clear. You still have to stay vigilant during the post-shadow phase, which lasts until March 13th. However, having Mercury moving in the right direction should noticeably lighten the mood once he gets back up to speed in a few days' time. The first half of next week is pretty quiet, until Mars and Taurus trines Pluto and Capricorn on Wednesday the 24th. This is your day to get shit done. Mars trine Pluto makes us ambitious, assertive, direct, and goal-oriented, but in a harmonious way. You don't have to trample over anyone to meet expectations. Things should flow with relatively little effort. You may even find yourself placed into a position of power on or around this day, and you'll handle it with ease. And we can't forget that both of these planets are connected to our sexuality, so don't be surprised if you're super magnetic next week. Keep power dynamics in mind, because if you attract someone who is significantly weaker than you now, things could take a darker turn down the line. Overall, though, sexual relationships that are begun under this influence are passionate and transformative for all involved. Then the sun in Pisces forms a gentle sextile to Uranus in Taurus on Thursday the 25th. This aspect is known for bringing stimulating encounters and other pleasant surprises. The energy is creative, flamboyant, and more than a little kinky, but the expression feels surprisingly comfortable. You won't mind flying that freak flag for all to see. Thursday will be a great day to try something new and exciting. Uranus rules our higher mind, so intellectual stimulation from some new subject matter is quite possible. You may find yourself more interested in usual in scientific, electronic, or other technological pursuits. The only downside to this energy is that we'll make a bit more difficult to stick to a schedule. Uranus seeks to liberate us from anything constraining, and that includes routine. But whatever shows up to distract you will be welcome, so it's really nothing to worry about. Just go with the flow and have fun. If you're interested in what the stars have to say for you, please check out my website at misfortuneastrology.com. I offer many different types of tarot and astrology readings, and you can also help support my small business by checking out my shop where I sell handmade crystal jewelry, candles, and lots of other cool merch. 
For daily horoscopes and plenty of inappropriate humor, come find me on social media at misfortune1111. Ciao for now. Capital D done. This woman is a genius. She knows what she's talking about. Mark this shit down, people. Put it in your calendar. When to do this, when to do that. And absolutely pay attention to the curse words because that's my favorite part of her astrology report. I do have some paranormal in the news. Nick, are you ready? I, As long as it's not about Army Hammer, I'm ready. I don't even know who that is. I thought it was a baking soda. That's Arm and Hammer. <laughs> Okay, so (laughs) back in my day, I was riding a dinosaur to school uphill both ways, youngster. Okay, so this comes to us from mysterywire.com. Laura Richter had posted it in our uh, Facebook fan group. And the headline is not showing up because my internet sucks. Uh, but it is written by George Nat for mysterywire.com. Have you ever wanted to buy a ranch that allows you to access the top secret Area 51 military base? You're going to need to dig out your checkbooks. The Medlin Ranch is on the market, and it's the only cattle ranch that is directly adjacent to the world's best known military base. And then it goes into the black mailbox, which I had never heard of before. Really? Apparently the ranch comes with the black mailbox. Um, what do you know about the black mailbox? Uh, I mean, I know it's like one of the prime the prime spots to stop at. I didn't now that you say that it the ranch basically comes with the black mailbox, I I'm familiar in with the location of the ranch now that I because I do know where the black mailbox is. But that's pretty cool. I don't think I ever knew that the black mailbox was essentially like pub- public property, kind of, I guess, if it comes with, if it shares land with this property. Oh, I so it's Area 51's it. mailbox? It's not this ranch's mailbox. I didn't read the story. Oh, I, I, um, I'm not 100% sure. I just know that the black mailbox plays a very big part in uh, the alien conspiracy believers. I just had always thought it. It was a, somehow related to the government. I didn't think it was like a public thing. Let's see what it says. The ranch is also home to one of the most enduring stories about Area 51, the legend of the black mailbox. Nevada's Tikaboo Valley is a beautiful is beautiful but sparse. It is not the only place you might think of to raise and graze cattle. And when a tough cowboy named Steve Medlin first moved into the valley in the early 1970s, there were no buildings, running water, or other utilities. Medlin and his wife built their large ranching operation using their own sweat and labor to eventually have 750 head of cattle. And then it doesn't say anything about the mailbox. So I did see the documentary with Medlin and all the things that had gone down with him. Is, is this the, this isn't like the ranch. This isn't Skinwalker Ranch, is it? No, I don't think so. Okay. I just had always. There's so many ranches. Yeah, I just had always assumed that the black, because the black mailbox is essentially like just, it's a, it's a mailbox in the middle of nowhere. It's just like, it's just there and it's bulletproof. It's just like this rugged industrial, just black mailbox sitting in the middle of this field outside Area 51. So I didn't realize that there was actually a piece of property um, oh, attached was, to it. 
Yeah, which I guess the little alien, uh, which is like a, a little uh, an inn, uh, exists ever. near near the 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 black box. Um, oh, here's the little but, thing in the black box. It says the original mailbox was black, not pictured. In the late 1990s, it was changed to the white mailbox, but the black mailbox name endured. By 2019, the white mailbox was destroyed, these motherfuckers, and replaced by another unofficial black mailbox. Rancher Steve Medlin has since moved his real mailbox to a different location. So it must have been his mailbox at one point, and then people yeah. destroyed it. That I guess that, that aligns, because I think it was like people would – write sighting reports and extraterrestrial happenings and then put them in the mailbox. Oh, I love that. In this black mailbox. So I guess th- it was actually someone's mailbox. Uh, but now it's a tourist attraction. I don't... I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I can only keep so much up here and then the rest I of it just that. sort of lives on the internet. I can't find a dollar amount of what the ranch is going for, but I'm sure it's a pretty freaking penny. Um, oh, but. Yeah. So if any of you buy that, please let us know. Um, please make up the guest rooms for Nick and I because we're going to come visit. Yep. Moving in. <laughs> Moving on up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, Lord. So there you have it. I, I recently got a new mailbox, but I do not receive any notes about alien sightings at my house it was black now it's brown just some fucker hit it with their car and didn't write a note and say anything so that's the world i live in back to reality oops there goes gravity um i am thinking and i go first i yep okay I am so excited about this story. Now, I, I warned everybody that I had one more story based on the goings-on of the uh, name of that Surviving Netflix death. show. Thank you. That I can You're never welcome. remember. <laughs> it was actually a really good documentary on the Netflix. Um, and I've even given it a title. I've called this Ghost Rider. And you'll find mm. out why shortly. Like rider, um, like a cowboy, or rider, like a pen no, we're and off paper. Off the ranch. Now we're in the library, and we're writing with a W. Perfect. Thank you, Teach. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. That sounded really <laughs> shitty, and I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> it, are you kidding? It sounded great. I felt like I was learning something. It was it being was... scolded. It's kind of how yeah. it sounded to me. <laughs> Just don't give me detention, please. Okay. So I had actually seen a story on this several years back on the show called Fact or Faked, which I recently saw on some streaming service, and I don't remember which one it was. So I'll, I'll get back to you on that one. And I was in awe. Then stuff and things happened, and it was pushed back into the memory banks or the land of the lost until I was watching, yep, this is the third episode now in a row I'm going to talk about. The stuff I saw on Surviving Death on Netflix. And then I'm done for a little bit till I rewatch it and go, oh, shit, I should have done a story on that. It's like my new (laughs) um, Mysteries at the Museum. So, (laughs) And then last week, I saw a tweet from Bill Murphy from said show Fact or Faked about the release of a book and a coffee table book 
on this same subject called Seeing Things, a coffee table book full of the pictures that were taken that I'm about to tell you about. Where I'm leaving that. I'm oh. sure that was a typo, but it, it, it sounds kind of like, oh, what's she going to tell me about? That story goes a little something like this. So this experience happened to John Huckert, a resident of L.A. in the early 90s, pre-Photoshop and pre-digital cameras, just putting that out there. And thanks to NPR, the NPR website, a lot of this story will be Hacker's actual words telling the story himself. And here's his story. The, Q, I'm not going to do any voice like um, voices for him. Q, John Huckert's story. He says, I'd gotten a camera from my, from my father for Christmas. I took some pictures with it, and it was cool to have a Polaroid camera. But I didn't really think about it. And then I was sitting in the house one afternoon. It was just an average day, and the bathroom door opened, and no one was home but me. So I sensed that the door was opening by itself. So I took the Polaroid camera and I took a picture. Nothing showed up in the picture. And of course, I felt kind of silly at the time and I just went back to working. And then I remember sensing something and I look up and the bathroom door opened in front of me and it seemed so demonstrative. So I got up. And I was actually nervous because something just, it just felt like something was there, like something was in the air, something was in the room with me, tingling kind of sensation. I picked up the camera to take a picture, and I actually took a picture of like the top of the television set or something. And then I took another picture, and then that's when I got the first photograph of this experience. And what an experience it is. He went on to say, and as it was developing, I just saw this almost this stereotypical version of a ghost. It looked so, you know, the eyes, the big eyes, the screaming mouth, the sort of weird, wispy, you know, quality of it floating in the air. And I remember like being really nervous about it. And then suddenly I thought, you know, this is my dad. He, he messed with the camera or something. That's what this is. That's what's going on. So he took another photo. It was like a similar image, but it was like the thing he had in the first photograph had moved closer to him. And now it was huge. Oh. Yeah. Look for several pictures uh, that I was able to find online in our Instagram stories at Oddity Files for this because they're amazing. He said, I just keep kept going back, back and forth between incredulous and denial. And then his roommate, John Matowski, got home and he told him, I have something I want to show you. What do you think about this? And I showed him the pictures. So his roommate was blown away and asked John how he pulled it off. John told him that he didn't do anything to the folder, uh, to the photo. Words are so hard today. So he told him to stand in the same spot where he got the photo, and then the roommate was going to take a photograph of the guy who took the first photographs. They're both named John, so I'm not even going to try to figure out which one's which. So 
<laughs> John number one says, I went over and I stood in the what is now known as the vortex. But it's the area right in front of the bathroom. And he took a picture of me. And over the top of me was this similar type of shape, but it was like larger and more strange. He said he felt like he was out of control, like I didn't know what was happening. I get that so hard, John, number one. And he said, I didn't know where to put my mind. And then we ran out of film. And then he goes, after like a month of just sort of sitting with these photographs, we decided to go out and get some more film. We just thought, okay, well, here's the moment we find out whether this is real or not. So they're like, well, maybe it was bad film. Maybe his dad messed with the film, blah, 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 blah. And they try to take pictures when they'd sense something or feel something in the house. It's not really said in this NPR article, but they must have felt that the house was haunted before all this went down, if the doors mm. were opening and things like that. They kind of describe it like when you have goosebumps or a little bit of a sunburn, you kind of sense this tingly thing, and then that's when you take the picture. Half of the time, we wouldn't get anything, but sometimes we would. And that encouraged us to keep getting more film. And he says this was three or four months of this. It was too strange, and we were afraid people think would think we were nuts. Holla. But then it just got to be too much to not tell anybody about it. Finally, they decide to invite a whole bunch of friends over and show them the photographs. Um, they said, we've got something to tell you guys. It's a little strange, but we want to share it with you. So they started showing them the pictures they had taken over all these months of these weird, smoky, anything and everything. And the, their friends are asking them uh, like a million questions a minute. He goes on to say, one of our friends, he asked if this ghost was there now if whatever it was was here now and he said well let's take a picture so they snapped a picture they were all watching it like I picture this huge huddle watching the Polaroid develop and someone says oh my god I think this is a word so a word came over spelled out in smoke and mist so next they asked in front of all their friends, are you a good ghost or a bad ghost? The photo came out, a single word in the middle of the room, and it said friend. It was clear, not on the photo, but in the photo. So they're like in the room, but it's like written in light in clouds, kind of clear letters you could easily read. Like, I guess they asked him his name at one point, and it literally spelled out W-R-I-G-H-T. Insane. Wow. And these photos of the Polaroid are all over the internet. And then they asked, well, where do you go when you're not here? Questions I should be asking spirits but always forget because I want to know so badly more about them. And they took a picture, and the photograph said, Flux. So they thought, oh, I guess he's in the flux. Whatever that is, that's like going to be, has to be a new word in my vocabulary at this point when I'm investigating. I've decided 
because, I mean, the ghost spelled it out. It has to be true. So <laughs> there's one really interesting Polaroid. The question was like, are you a ghost or a spirit? Show us what you look like. And his answer was, he says in the Polaroid, not ready. So wow. John, number one, went on to say, so that was pretty interesting. When that happened, I was thinking is, is he not ready? Or does he think we're not ready? Dun, dun, dun. So with all the people there, it kind of validated us because we weren't insane. And this was happening in front of other people. And it showed these other people that they weren't manipulating the camera or the film in any way because people were randomly asking questions aside from the two Johns. He felt like it changed a lot of people's mind. It changed a lot of people on a profound level permanently. I remember for like a week just kind of walking around in a daze going, okay, what is this again? How do I fit this into the way I thought the world worked? We really had never intended to, I guess, go public with it. It was nothing they had really thought about. And there was a new show on TV called Sightings, which I had never heard of in the 90s, a show called Sightings. It was like unsolved mysteries, but all paranormal. And John number two was watching it and they had this ghost thing on there and they had a picture of some stuff. And John goes, that's not a ghost picture. This is a ghost picture. So we sent a, a copy of their photo in. They called us up and the next thing you know, they want to do an hour long satellite live show from our house. Huh. Yes. And after they did the sightings episode, it seemed like suddenly we had offers to do quite, quite a few different shows. They took the camera they examined the camera. They took it to Polaroid. Polaroid examined it. They examined the photographs. And through the years, there's been so many theories on how it's being done and how we do it on how to create these ghost images. But they still, to this day, say it was not them. But one of his favorite theories, um, someone said that how the photographs are done is that there's a little person in the basement and what happens is when you ask a question to the air, they type it in a computer and it's projected through lasers in the house that writes on the photograph instantly. Okay. These are like Cecil Hotel conspiracy theories going yeah, on. Yeah, they here. are. Jeez. <laughs> okay. So other people have said, you know, it's really easy to write with a pen on the back of a Polaroid and it'll come through, which I've never tried. Um, but I guess they tried it, and they took a pen, and it leaves marks, but it doesn't look anything like these wispy, ghostly letters that are coming through on these images. Yeah. John went on to say he appreciated all the things the scientists, the FBI agent, and everybody did, and the photographic expert to try to disprove it. They even did, like, voice analysis of them to find out if they were... Um, lying or not. So they put them under, you know, lie detectors and blah, blah, blah. And he goes on to say, as creative people, we faced a lot of self-doubt and it can be crippling. I mean, Nick and I feel that in our souls. At some point, <laughs> we asked, right, should we keep pursuing what we love, even if it's hard? And he came back with a photograph. He said, dreams and destiny merge. And we thought, you know, it's not about being successful at the moment. It's about dreaming things and allowing your destiny to present itself. 
It's changed our perspective on everything. The house has a way of letting you know it's okay to be insecure, but to not ever give up. One of the most meaningful things for the Johns, they're struggling writers, and they'd get messages messages that told them to keep going and just continue, that we're doing something good and good things will happen. So John, I'm not sure which one, went on to say there's something, something special, <coughs> special happening in my house. And it just makes you feel like small and insignificant when it comes to the whole world. Preach. You know there's something bigger, something better, and something grander out there. They even brought in renowned spiritualist and psychic Peter James. Um, and he, was, he came in to explore the phenomenon. In addition to three other psychics who also lent their insight into this investigation, James visited the house numerous times and believes that it is situated on the grounds of an ancient ritual site that spirits are definitely trying to communicate with the living. So there you have it, kids. Look, um, that's supposed to say Instagram. Look at our Instagram for a couple of the Polaroids I found online, like I said. I find it interesting that they were only able to get the writings to happen if they used a specific type of Polaroid film called Spectra, which this paranormal investigator is sad to tell you is no longer made. So interesting. They can't do it anymore. Yeah. Thanks to NPR.com, fact or faked, at Bill P. Murphy on Twitter. And you can get a couple of different books on this subject at drkrm.com slash books.html. And I, I really think I'm going to get that coffee table book because the story is absolutely amazing. Extra, extra, read all about it. Okay, so that was lame. But we have a new merch store, my friends. Head on over to tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files. Guys, we've got everything there. We're still adding more. The prices are much more cost effective there. And the store is so easy to navigate. What are you waiting for? Head on over to tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files get your merch on okay you may have heard or may not have heard but our newest podcast partner is freaking chewy guys i know we we talk about our pets all the time and we kind of love our pets a little too much just like you guys but we're always looking for ways to save money in these current financial times. Chewy's it. Type in tinyurl.com slash OFChewy. You help support the podcast. I personally get both our dog's food and our dog's treats and a couple other things sent on a monthly basis directly from Chewy with their subscription service. So please check it out. Please help us out by subscribing to all of your Chewy goods at tinyurl.com slash OF Chewy. My dogs will thank you. Are you a coffee addict like me? 
we'll check out Bones Coffee Company. Coffee isn't just a drink that wakes you up in the morning. It's an experience. When you brew a pot of Bones Coffee Company coffee, they want you to have the best experience you've ever had. They only roast carefully selected beans to perfection in small batches to ensure that you get the freshest coffee delivered straight to your door. The care given to each of those small batches is evidenced through the rich, full-bodied, and exceptionally smooth taste you'll get out of every cup of Bones Coffee Company you drink. You guys, this is amazing. First and foremost, I love coffee. I love wine and I love bourbon, but I love coffee. So check it out and help out the podcast. Go to tinyurl.com slash bonescoffee. Get your coffee fix and help out your favorite podcast. We appreciate you. Need more scares in your life? Well, duh, we've got you. Just head over to tinyurl.com slash shutter. And you'll automatically get seven days free of this all horror, all the time, streaming network. From their endless selection of the best in horror, the original programming and exclusive content, to their flexible membership plans. Shudder is exactly what you need. Plans start at under five bucks a month. And yes, you can cancel at any time. I mean, what are you waiting for? tinyurl.com slash get shutter tinyurl.com slash get shutter g-e-t-s-h-u-d-d-e-r let's get scared so guys have you heard of paraboxmonthly.com get ready for this it's kind of cool every box contains an amazing soft style paranormal t-shirt and a content card These items also contain a hidden password. Okay, once discovered, it'll open up a new mystery online. How cool is that? If you can solve their challenge, you'll be entered into a monthly drawing for free merchandise. So cool. So here's all you need to do. You head to paraboxmonthly.com and add promo code OddityFiles. And you're set. Check it out. It's paraboxmonthly.com promo code oddity files check it out yeah i mean i think there's a point that uh no matter if it was real or fake um it's one of those things that like if it was fake it was faked very well uh it's very creative and good on them for for going that far and to fake it if it is uh if it isn't it's really freaking cool and I'm, I mean, yeah, I would. That would be a cool coffee table book to have, just for the sake of a story. So, I mean, it it, it looks like no smoke or mist I've ever seen on any paranormal show before. So, there you yeah. have it. Well, that is so cool. It's so amazing. I had completely forgotten about that it was on Factor Faked until I saw that tweet from Bill, and uh, it was. I saw it like two days before I knew I was going to write this story. So I'm like, something's telling me I have to do this. So there you have it. Well, I love that. I love that. And I want to find that coffee table book because I want to have it in my life. Same. I want it. I want several copies, I think. Yep. It's so cool. It's so cool. That's the thing. Again, it's like, if it's fake, 
eh, someone made something really freaking cool. If it's not, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And I guess they just stopped making that Spectra film in like 2018. So it hasn't been that long. So maybe they'll bring it back because I want to try to use it on my my little hipster Polaroid camera I have sitting right oh, here. Oh, look at it. I love it. <laughs> well, um, so this story is going to be a two-parter. Um going to start here and then we'll continue next week and I, I'm, I apologize in advance to leave you hanging when I'm going to. It's, it's my fault because my story was long. So. Oh. No. Plus, this one's l- we're clickbaiting you. <laughs> yeah, we're, cl- we're, we're going to bring you back. We're going to bring you back. Uh, this one, I was very surprised that uh, Kitsy, you did not know about it. Um, uh, I, 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 I very lightly, gently checked before we podcast to make sure because this takes place very, very close to home for Kitsy. So, really? It, uh, it takes place in a town that you're probably very familiar with called Gary, Indiana. Indiana. Sorry, Ooh. I don't know why I said Indiana. Grew up right next door to Gary, Indiana. Well, you're going to get a kick out of this one. Okay. So this this actually, this story, uh, I, I've switched a few words up, taken some information out. This comes from the Indianapolis Star. Um, back in uh, 2014 is when this, the, the story was originally written. And it is goes this a Zach Baggins demon house? Maybe. I'm not. Oh. I, I don't know. Never done that story on here. Oh, no. Good. I, Do it. It might be. <laughs> It very it might be I don't know. Okay. Um. So the story starts with a woman and three children who claim to be possessed by demons. It's also about a nine year old boy walking backward up a wall in the presence of a family case manager and hospital nurse. Is this the one? Best story ever. Yes. Okay. Bring okay. it. <laughs> Good. Uh, so Gary Police Captain Charles Austin said it was the strangest story he had ever heard. Uh, Austin, who is a 36-year veteran of the Gary, Indiana Police Department, said he initially thought Indianapolis resident Latoya Amons. Am I saying that right? Amons? I think so. Okay. And her family concocted an elaborate tale as a way to make money. But after several visits to their home and interviews with witnesses, Austin said simply, quote, I am a believer. (laughs) Many of the events are detailed in nearly 800 pages of official records obtained by the Indianapolis Star and recounted in more than a dozen interviews with police, DCS personnel, psychologists, family members, and a Catholic priest. (laughs) All bases literally covered. Uh, Literally, uh, across the board, you've hit everything that matters with something like this. So it's like, you ask for proof, uh, they got it. Uh, Amans, who swears by her story, has been unusually open. While she spoke on condition her children not be interviewed or named, she signed releases letting the Star review medical, med- review medical, psychological, and official records that are not open to the public and not always flattering. Furthermore, mm-hmm. the family's story is made only more bizarre because it involves a DCS intervention, a string of psychological evaluations, a police investigation, and ultimately a series of exorcisms. Oh. <laughs> Oh, I didn't know there was more than one. Holy shit. Yep. Uh, It's a tale, they say, that started with flies. So that's where we're going to start today. In November 2011, Amon's family moved into a rental house on Carolina Street in Gary, Indiana, a quiet lane lined with with small one-story homes. Big black flies suddenly swarmed their screened-in porch in December despite the winter chill. 
quote, this is not normal, end quote, Amon's mother, Rosa Campbell, remembers thinking, quote, we killed them and killed them and killed them, but they kept coming back. There were other strange happenings, too. After midnight, Campbell and Amon's both said they occasionally heard the steady clump of footsteps climbing the basement stairs and the creak of the door opening between the basement and kitchen. Nope. But no one was there. Yeah, nope. I'd be out. Damn. Two months, done. Gone. Bye. See ya. Never coming back. Sure. Even after they locked the door, the noises still continued. Campbell said she awoke one night and saw a shadowy figure of a man pacing her living room. She leaped out of bed to investigate and found large, wet boot prints. Get out. This is just the beginning. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Zach didn't dive March- into all this. No, this is insane. This is this is like the full report, which is why it's going to take two two podcasts. Yeah. On March tenth, two thousand twelve. So they just to backtrack, they moved in the house in November two thousand eleven. This now March tenth, two thousand twelve. Campbell said the family's unease turned into fear. It was about two a.m. Normally, Campbell, Amans, and her children would have been asleep, but they were mourning the death of a loved one with a group a group of friends. Amans, who was in Campbell's room, startled everyone by screaming, "Mama, Mama!" Campbell said she ran into her bedroom where her then 12-year-old granddaughter and a friend were staying. Amans and Campbell said the 12-year-old was levitating above the bed, unconscious. Oh, shit. According to their account of events, Amans and several others surrounded the girl praying. Campbell said she remembered being terrified. Quote, I thought, what's going on? Why is this happening? Campbell said. Eventually, Campbell said her granddaughter descended onto the bed. The girl woke up with no memory of what happened. And that was it. Light as a feather, <laughs> stiff as a board goes wrong. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Campbell and Amon said the people who were visiting that night refused to return. Campbell oh. says she re- remembers. Yeah, they're like, ah, fuck this. Sorry you lost somebody, but we're not coming back. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. <yeah. laughs> like, what? <laughs> we are not okay. coming back. <laughs> yeah. Hard pass. Uh, Campbell says she remembers telling her daughter, quote, we need help. We need to talk to someone who knows how to deal with it. Campbell and Amon said they didn't know exactly what it was, but they believed it was something supernatural. They called local churches, but most refused to listen. Eventually, after listening to Campbell and Amon's talk about the house and visiting it, officials at one church told them the Carolina Street House had spirits in it. No shit. They recommended (laughs) the family clean the home with bleach and ammonia, then use oil to draw crosses on every door and window. I have never heard the go-to being bleach and ammonia to cleanse the house of spirits. Kind of sounds like you mix those two together and it's just going to give you a high. Yeah. I could be wrong. It would be be very strong to inhale. Yes. Yes. Very strong. At the church's suggestion, Amon said she poured olive oil on on her three children's hands and feet, then smeared oil in the shape of crosses on their foreheads. Campbell and Amon also told the Star they reached out to two clairvoyants who said the family's home was besieged by more than 200 demons. What? How how does that... I mean, Gary is a scary place right now. It's been the murder capital of the world for... several years off and on. I mean, when I was living up there, it was a murder capital of the world. Um, But this was a teeny tiny little house. Like in a row of houses in a neighborhood. Why are they all in that one house? Holy shit, that's a lot. That's a lot. 200. The best thing you can do is move, Amon remembers the clairvoyance (laughs) telling her, but moving wasn't an option for the cash-strapped family. 
and it rarely is. Right. I, that's, I think that's a piece of the stories that we tell and we talk about, oh, I'd get out of there. I'd get out of there. You move into a house and you tell the people who own the house that you're renting from or that you purchased from, or, I feel uncomfortable being here because there might be paranormal shit. Can I please leave? It doesn't work that no. way. It's rarely even an option. Right. So as much as we say it, they, I mean, I fully believe you can't, you literally spent probably thousands of dollars on moving crews, loading things. Yeah. You can't go anywhere. It's unrealistic. Instead, Amon said she took a clairvoyance advice and made an altar in the basement. Amon's covered an end table with a white sheet, then placed a white candle and statue of Mary, Joseph, and Jesus on it. She opened a Bible to Palm 91 she said she and another person donned white t-shirts and wound white scarves around their heads. They burned sage and sulfur throughout the house, starting upstairs and working their way down. The smoke sulfur. was so th- sulfur. Yeah. Uh, Ew. The, the smoke was so thick they could hardly breathe. Amans drew a cross with the smoke. The person she was with read Palm 91 aloud as they moved through the house. Quote, you will not fear the terror of night nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. Amon said nothing odd happened for three days, but then things got worse. Of course they did. (laughs) The family said demons possessed Amon's and her children, then ages 7, 9, and 12. The kids' eyes bulged, evil smiles crossed their faces, and their voices deepened every time it happened, Campbell and Amon said. Campbell said the demons didn't affect her because she was born with protection from evil. She said she and others like her have a guardian who protects them. Imagine being told that. I want to know more about that. I do too, but like imagine being a mom's and her kids. Yeah. And her mother is like, I'm blessed. Yeah. <laughs> I was baptized. Sorry, didn't baptize you guys. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. I'm unaffected. Like what? Yeah. See ya. Uh, See ya, bye. Amon said she felt weak, lightheaded, and warm when she was possessed. Her body shook, and she said she felt out of control. Quote, you can tell it's different, something supernatural, end quote. The youngest boy, then seven, sat in a closet talking to a boy that no one else could see. The other boy was describing what it felt like to be killed. Oh my god. I have not heard most of this. Really? Really. It's. I was surprised when I. I mean, I. I haven't even heard the story. Period. Um, and finding out how wild the story is and how it only happened, like it happened within a ten-year span ago, is insane. Like oh, yeah. Ten years ago this year, it happened, which is nuts. Campbell said the seven-year-old once flew out of the bathroom as if he'd been thrown, and a headboard once smacked into Amon's daughter, causing a wound that needed stitches. Oh. The. The 12-year-old would later tell mental health professionals that she sometimes felt as if she were being choked and held down so she couldn't speak or move. She said she heard a voice uh, say she'd never see her family again and wouldn't live another 20 minutes. Some nights were so bad that the family slept in a hotel. Finally, in desperation, they went to their family physician, Dr. Joffrey Jeffrey uh on i'm i mean if i can't get the first name right probably not gonna get this last name right <laughs> yeah no on you on you qua sure uh we'll call him dr jeff on april yes. 19th 2012 that's when they went to go visit their family oh. physician yeah so this has been like move in november it is april and they're still at it it's still going 
Amon said she told him what they were going through, hoping he might understand. Dr. Jeff told the star it was, quote, bizarre. Uh, 20 years and I've never heard anything like that in my life. I was scared myself when I walked into the room. He said he would not speak in more detail unless Amon's had, quote, psychiatric clearance for the waiver of confidentiality she had signed. In his medical notes about the visit, Dr. Jeff wrote, quote, delusions of ghost in home and hallucinations. He also wrote, quote, history of ghost at home and delusional. What Amon's and Campbell's say happened next also was detailed in the DCS report of a family case manager's interviews with medical staff. But. We'll get to that next week. It's the best part. <laughs> <laughs> so this the is just the be beginning. Yes. Oh, no, that's beautiful. So in, I'm not going to give anything away from your story, but the, <laughs> so this is an interview with the lady who lived in the house. Yeah. With okay. the Toyo Mons. Yep. Okay. That's huge because she was silent for so long yeah Uh, but i mean i think that it reached a point where and this is from what i'm getting from the reports and stuff and the the only downside of a two-parter is if people won't wait they'll just google it and figure it out themselves don't you even think about it people (laughs) just wait be patient like yeah it's weekly tv um but i think there was so long where she didn't know who to go to she didn't know who to go to and then she finally went to every single person from from police to clairvoyance to psychiatrists to psychologists to uh, child child care services. Like, she went to all of these people and basically got this 800-page document put together of all these reports, CAT scans, uh, tests, all put together. And then she finally was like, I'll talk about it. I'll tell you everything that happened. I have proof. I'm not crazy. We need to talk about this. And she did. I, uh, I love that she went to doctors because most people don't and if you get the clearance from the doctor that you know this is not and with it happening to her entire family not just her or not just one child leads me to believe that it is legit paranormal yeah 200 demons is a lot and and that's the thing is it was this wasn't just one case experiencing one thing this wasn't just an exorcism this wasn't just like a child talking to a, a ghost demon boy in his closet this was these were possessions these were uh chokings these were like uh, it was just the full gamut of all things demonic and and supernatural that were happening in this one family yeah and i i I do love the fact that she went to everybody she could because she feared for her children's lives at that point right you know it's insane. So it's just it's and and to to hear uh, that they went to it. They, they were nice. We're like we can't do this tonight. We're gonna go to a hotel, and they were safe in the hotel. Yeah, unlike I the mean, movie Poltergeist, right? Where it follows wherever they go. <laughs> but but it's just it's it's so interesting that there's so much weight to this story. Um, mm. And again, it didn't happen long ago. And the article that I'm pulling from was actually updated in 2019 with a little bit more information that I'll get to next week. But why? I'm sure this is being investigated. I'm sure the house is probably done. But I'm like, why is this not something that we're still getting reports on? Why is this not something that we're still talking about? Because this is a huge paranormal story, but also a pretty insane news 
story, whether you no, believe it or not. Absolutely. And it, it was all over the internet when Zach Baggins bought it. Yeah. And he did end up tearing it down after his uh, documentary was a flop and he got no evidence. That's all I know. All right. Don't watch the documentary. It's not going to ruin it. You can watch it. It's not going to ruin anything Nick's telling you right now be, or next week because this so much of this is so new to me. That's crazy. I, I, I respect Baggins. I appreciate what he does. But there are moments where I feel like he does more for himself than he does for the paranormal community. And I feel like he maybe uh, he wanted more out of this house than I what agree. the house had given to somebody, which it wasn't a gift. Like... Right. The Amans didn't get a gift. Like the Amans That's the had gift their that keeps on ruined. giving, Clark. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so just like, dude, tell their story. Don't tell your story through their story. Like right. this is so it's cool that I can kind of fill in these blanks that, yes. that he left wide open for being selfish as fuck, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he did have some of them on the kids he had on the priest he had on, he didn't bring in the doctor or anything like that. But I'm just going to, I don't want to give, just wait till next week, people. Do not Google it. I'm not going to. Let's pinky swear right now. Okay, there, we did it. Let's move on to a paranormal story, personal paranormal story. This one comes to us from Maggie, and the subject line is, please help me understand this. Oh. So Maggie starts off as hi so for a few years now things are happening i try to ignore as my logical brain tells me i'm imagining things and that there is a logical logical explanation to it all but then this happens she said she was playing with her three kids they are eight years old five years old and two years old at the time with some toy cheap walkie-talkie um, they don't have a very wide range as they're just to play with at home um, they were in her room, and suddenly through the one that I had, so the one that Maggie was holding, comes a child's voice saying, hi, can I come in? She goes on to say, my three kids, um, wide, my three kids, wide open eyes, and I just answered back, hi, <laughs> which is probably what I would have done as well. And the child voice said in a singing voice, Pancakes, pancakes, I like pancakes. My son was freaked out as he loves all things about ghosts. And then silence. We didn't have any kid neighbors that would have had similar walkie-talkies. And she's pretty sure that was the child's voice that came over on this one. So she goes on to say, when my mama was visiting, she would stay in the kitchen table late at night knitting and see from the corner of her eyes a small figure passing by several times. She called out thinking it was one of my kids out of bed. And then one time she was sitting at the kitchen table and felt little fingers poking her bottom through the back of her chair. Things get moved or hidden when I say in a mom voice, you better put it back. It appears back where I had already looked, grew up with that same ghost. She also <laughs> said, I even had my daughter recorded through the baby monitor, having a discussion with this entity. It was so funny, creepy, and odd. And she sent me that audio, which I'll go ahead and put in this episode. <laughs> Hello? 
said, I'd really appreciate your opinion um, as I truly admire the work you do. I like the approach you have when doing an investigation, always respectful and clear, no circus stuff. I live in Austin, Texas. So if you want to come over, mi casa es tu casa, Maggie. So yeah, you don't hear the other voice, but you hear the little girl clearly talking to somebody who's not there. I, I don't feel like Maggie gets any dark malevolent vibes from it. And I love Austin. So maybe once this, you know, pandemic is over, I can go investigate her house. That would be amazing. And I, and I would say if, if you, if it was dark and malevolent, you would know. I mean, you, you would know right away from the way that the child responds to it, because there is this, maybe it's the open-mindedness uh, of, of children. I mean, it, we've talked about it a bajillion times on this podcast, you and I, that like kids have this sixth sense. They have yes. this sort of open. And that's the key. I think the key to experiencing paranormal uh, and the supernatural is to is to kind of open that part of your mind to it. Because if you're not open to it, um, you're just not going to really experience it ever. Because yeah. it's kind of a choice that you're making. And I think kids, it's not a conscious decision. Kids just have it. Like, it's right. just there. So uh, you would know. Your kid would know. Um, yeah. yeah that's, I, mean, I know it sounds crazy. Pancakes. Yeah. I love pancakes. That's it. Maggie, you Hungry. should make pancakes and see what happens. <laughs> I would be curious. I feel like that's, I mean, I say that, but I'd probably be freaked out for a minute. But after a few days, I might whip up some pancakes and see what happens. Yeah. Maggie, thank you so much for the story. If anybody listening has a story they'd like to send in, it's oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. And Nick and I want to tell you guys, I haven't done this in a hot minute, but how much we appreciate you guys, your feedback, your stories. We love you long time. Am I right? <laughs> you are right. I'm just ready for this pandemic to get over so like I can I meet up with Kitsy and join her on investigations. And Yes. Even though I'll be Maybe scared. Maybe we can find a, a good place down either – up here, down by you, we can do a live podcast somewhere. I think that would be so much fun. Oh, was, I'm telling you, we got to go to the Bell Witch Cave and do a podcast there. Oh, God, no. That place sounds terrifying. <laughs> can we do it at a pub or a comedy sure. club? <laughs> we will, we will do, we'll, we can do it one of theirs. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be good. But uh, that would be fun. I'm just ready to, I'm, I'm itching to get out and out and about and do. I I'm feel ready. that in my soul. Um, but yes, you guys, we appreciate you more than you'll ever know. We appreciate even more our executive producers, which are Donald Blanchflower, Ryan Hoke, and Doug Maldenlock. You guys make the dreams come true. I'm Kitsy Duncan. Weird is the new cool. And I'm Nick Floyd by Kitsy's book and Ghost On. <laughs> Shit, I forgot to plug the book again. <laughs> That's not what I'm here for. Oh, you're the best. Oddity Files is part of the Just What I Needed network. We hope we're just what you needed. The podcast is brought to you by the Oddity Files TV show. Have you heard of it? Have you watched it? Head on over to Amazon Prime Video and check out Oddity Files, a three-season investigative paranormal show. Music provided by James Grice. 
please support us via Patreon, patreon.com slash oddity files. Give a little, give a lot. It helps support the podcast. And we appreciate our producers, Donald Blanchflower, Doug Malden Locke, and Ryan Hoke. We have a merch store. Can't get enough of oddity files? Wear us on your body. tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files. Please support our partners. Every little bit helps. Rate, review, and subscribe, especially on Apple Podcasts. It's what helps us get the word out there. And you know, we can always use a new weirdo or two. Come hang out with us on our Facebook fan group. Just search Oddity Files fan group. All kinds of fun stuff. You can win things. You can read memes. You can buy cool shit. Thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate you more than you'll ever know. Okay, go. I'm done. What are you still doing here? Just get out of here. God, I love Ferris Bueller. <laughs>